If you have a Bible, uh, why don't you go to Luke chapter 2, Luke chapter 2. And uh, if we haven't already met, my name is Ryan, and uh, it's really great to see you at church today. Uh, We're so glad that you've made it and you've chosen to be here. Luke chapter 2, I'm going to read from verse 8 to verse 14, it's going to be on the screen, Luke 2. And verses 8 to 14. That night in a field near Bethlehem, there were shepherds watching over their flocks. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared in radiant splendor before them, lighting up the field with the blazing glory of God. And the shepherds were terrified. But the angel reassured them, saying, don't be afraid, for I have come to bring you good news, the most joyous news the world has ever heard. And it is for everyone, everywhere. For today... In Bethlehem, a rescuer was born for you. He is the Lord, Yahweh, the Messiah. You will recognize him by this miracle sign. You'll find a baby wrapped in strips of cloth and lying in a feeding trough. Then, all at once, a vast number of glorious angels appeared, the very armies of heaven, and they all praised God, singing, Glory to God in the highest realms of heaven, for there is peace and a good hope given to the sons of men. I wonder, um, over this uh, Christmas period of time, how many of you have ordered a parcel? Can I see your hand if you've ordered something to your house? Ordered something to your house, let's go. Well, I have, uh, I've ordered a bunch of parcels over kind of the, the last six to eight weeks, both Laura and I in our house. And um, we, we have this tendency to order stuff to our house, knowing that it's going to arrive when we're not going to be in our house. And so over these last six to eight weeks, we have, like our neighbours either love us or loathe us. I'm not, I'm not so sure. I think we've had like at least like 30 of those little cards that come through your door. Okay, well maybe it wasn't 30, like, but you know, it was like, it felt like 30. To a point, yeah, three. Where, to a point where, you know, um, do you know there's this thing where it's like a phantom vibrate where you, you're phone can be in your pocket and you think it vibrates and you look at it and then you're like oh it wasn't my phone at all well guys I'm doing that with the front door like I actually am walking to the front door and being like I thought the door knocked I don't know who that was what is going on because we're meeting neighbor after neighbor who's like got a parcel for you so much so that I feel like I maybe even need to buy them a Christmas present has anybody been there how many of you have have been to the the post office depot in the last six to eight weeks and stood in that queue may God bless you abundantly today how many of you have went to the DHL one at the docks and you're like am I even in the right place anymore and then you get there and you're like okay I am how many of you have been to the DPD one? It's out in like Ballygowan. Somebody, you could just text like Alan Fisher or Jenna, by the way, if they could pick it up for you. Alan was saying uh, before the service, he's happy to pick stuff up on the way home and drop it to church for us. No, just kidding. That's, that's not true at all. And the slightest, <laughs> be like, could you do that for me? No, they couldn't. But uh, Christmas is interesting because it's, it's a time where things are moving, flights are full. You know those flyby planes that are just shooting over to Edinburgh and Glasgow? They're full of students coming home and maybe you've got children coming home from university or people in your family coming around. It's a, it's a time of coming and going. The people are going to different places and people are coming from different places. You're getting presents and you're giving presents. It's a, it's a transient time. Things are coming and things are going. Things are moving everywhere and you're moving from house to house. That common question that you get so, what do you do for Christmas? And then you give this whole rigmarole. Either people stay at home or they go to like 30 houses in the space of two days. It seems to be the way. But Christmas is a transient time. And right from the, right from the beginning, Christmas was a traveling 
event. Jesus' parents had to travel out of town because there was no room for them. He couldn't find a room uh, like on booking.com at Christmas time. He can't find a room. They stayed in a manger or a feeding trough and that's where our Saviour was born. And the angels appeared to these shepherds and wanted them to travel to see the Messiah. I want to talk to us for a little while this morning around what has come and what is gone. The first thing I want to share with you this morning about what has come is our Saviour has come. Let's look at Luke chapter 2. Our Saviour has come. Our rescuer has come. But the angel reassured them saying, don't be afraid for I have come to bring you good news, the most joyous news the world has ever heard. And it is for everyone, everywhere. Come on, say everyone. Everyone. Say everywhere. Everyone, everywhere. For today in Bethlehem, Bethlehem, a rescuer was born for you. He is the Lord, Yahweh, the Messiah. Look at this. Here's some good news for everyone, everywhere. Did you know that the news of Jesus being born is good news for everyone, everywhere? Did you know that the fact that we have a rescuer is good news for everyone, everywhere, regardless of who you are and what you've done? A rescuer has come to lift you out of a dark place, a difficult place, a dead place. Here is some good news, good news for your today. Your rescuer has come. See, in regards to before this rescuer came, we were, the only way for us to be right with God was to live by the standard of the law. It was to live to this standard that is holy and pleasing to God, which is simply for you and I, we, we couldn't keep up to that standard. As a matter of fact, not being Jewish by birth, it wasn't even an option for us. Therefore, we should be all the more grateful that a rescuer has come that has made us right with God. You don't need to be doing pretty well in your spiritual fervor for this rescuer. You don't need to be meeting a certain spiritual biblical criteria for this rescuer. As a matter of fact, the Bible says you don't need to be afraid for I've come to bring you good news, the most joyous news the world has ever heard. And it is for everyone, everywhere. You don't have to have money. You don't need to be emotionally stable. You don't need to have it all together. You don't need to even be getting it all together. It's good news for everyone, everywhere. I wonder uh, if you've ever seen somebody drowning. We went bouldering in the summer and almost seen somebody drown. But I wonder if, you, if you've ever seen somebody drowning in a pool of water or a body of water. You probably haven't. But it, let, me, let me propose to you that it wouldn't go like this. You are walking along. There's a river or a lake or some form of body of water. You see somebody drowning and you get down on your hands and knees, get over beside the water and say, come on. Show me that you really want to survive. (laughs) Come on, a wee bit more. Come on, paddle a wee bit more, buddy, yeah? Come on. Before I help you, before I commit to this rescue process, you could maybe, you know, try a little bit more. I'm going to guess that that's not how you and I would handle that situation. If we seen somebody who was drowning, who was fighting for their life, there wouldn't be any questions asked. There wouldn't be, well, excuse me, How did you find yourself in this situation? Because that determines whether or not I fully commit to rescuing you or I lend a hand. There wouldn't be any of the probing. There wouldn't be any questions. You would commit now and ask questions later, right? No, maybe. I, that, that's, I can't even, I'm not even a great swimmer. And like, I would be there. I'd be like drowning with them just to like commit to help them. So if you and I 
would commit like that. The God who is absurdly passionate about you, the God who is obsessed in love totally with you, how much more is He gonna commit to rescuing? Well, actually, you haven't really had a great prayer life. So I'm maybe gonna stretch out a little bit, but you're gonna need to reach to me all the way. You know, it'll maybe be a bit more 70, 30. I don't think so. Actually, the good news about Christmas is what? We have a rescuer who has come. He hasn't just thrown us a lifeline. He's got into the dark, deep, dirty place that we were in and He's lifted us out of it. Well, I got saved when I was four. That's great. You were gonna be in a dark, deep and dirty place and He lifted you out of it before you even got into the thick of it. That's the news of Christmas. That's what's come this Christmas. A rescuer has come. See, we're singing, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Don't look over the mess that He lifted you and I out of. The angels were singing because a rescuer was coming and He was coming to save us, to deliver us, to set us free. He says, do not be afraid for I've come to bring you good news. The most joyous news the world has ever heard. Do you live your life like this is the most joyous news you've ever heard? Come on, this is the most joyous news we've ever heard. The rescuer has come. He's setting me free. He's delivering me. He's bringing me on through. If this message could be entitled anything to help you remember it, it would be entitled this, Better Than Prime. Better Than Prime. Want to know why? Because your delivery might not be on time, but it's definitely, it's always going to come. Your delivery is always gonna come. Your rescuer, you might, not, you might not feel it tomorrow. It might not be the next day. It might not be the next day. It might not be the next day, but you are guaranteed that it's coming and He paid for it all. He paid for it all, so it's coming better than prime. The Bible says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This is for everyone everywhere this Christmas. This Christmas, next Christmas, last Christmas, and the next one coming after that. This news of Jesus coming is for everyone everywhere. There's this, um, there's this story about this rescuer. It's, it's John the Baptist. It's in Luke chapter seven. John the Baptist uh, basically says to his disciples, could you go, there's a man, Jesus of Nazareth. Could you go and find out if he's the one, if he's the rescuer, he's the Messiah. It says in Luke chapter seven, 20 to 23, we'll read it together. When the men came to Jesus, they said, John sent us to ask you, are you the one who's to come or maybe should we expect somebody else? At that very time, Jesus cured many who had diseases, sicknesses, and evil spirits and gave sight to many who were blind. So he replied to the messengers, I'll tell you what, go back and report to John what you've seen and heard. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, and the dead are raised. And the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Blessed is anyone who doesn't stumble on account of me. In other words, I'm the rescuer. I'm here. You're right, you can go back to John and you can tell him the blind see, the lame walk, the sick are healed, the dead are raised and good news is being proclaimed to the poor. The rescuer has arrived. You don't need to wait on anybody else. You don't need to wait on anything else. The rescuer has arrived, it's here. There's no slip through the door. You don't need to go to the depot. The the rescuer has come. He has come to save you, to heal you, to deliver you and to set you free. The Bible says in, in, in Psalm 40 verse two, it says this. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. Without Christmas, He didn't do that. The very fact that the rescuer has come means that He has lifted you out of a slimy pit and He has set your feet on a rock. Our rescuer has 
come. Did you notice what the angel said? Did you notice the angel came to the shepherds in the field and he asked them a question? He said, for today, um, or he makes a statement to them, for today in Bethlehem, a rescuer was born for you. He is the Lord, Yahweh, the Messiah. You'll recognize him by this miracle sign. You'll find a baby wrapped in strips of cloth and lying in a feeding trough. The first thing is our Savior has come. The second thing is that miracles are coming. Miracles are coming. You'll recognize him by this miracle sign. He'll be recognized because of a miracle. See, this Jesus whom you go to see will be accompanied by a miracle sign. This whole Christmas story, we can become so numb to it. The whole Christmas story is filled, flooded, overwhelmingly flooded with miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle. But because you hear it all the time, you can so easily become disconnected and unattached to it. Even before Jesus was born, an angel came to an old man named Zechariah who was just trying his best to keep the Jewish practices that honoured God in the culture, uh, in a Roman culture that was flooding it out. And an angel of the Lord came to him and spoke to him about a son. He his wife Elizabeth gave birth to a son named John. We have angels showing up in a field at nighttime. The shepherds weren't praying and fasting. The shepherds weren't calling down the rain of heaven. The shepherds weren't believing for something supernatural to happen. The shepherds were in an ordinary moment on an ordinary night, just in the, in the field watching their sheep and an angel of the Lord appeared to them and told them the most joyous news the world has ever, ever heard. This was a rescuer arriving as we speak. We have a young virgin girl giving birth and we have a Jewish Joseph who actually believes her and doesn't have her killed for, her, for, for what has happened. We have an almighty God becoming a man. Miracles after miracles after miracles. And I wanna let you know that miracles are coming. Miracles are on the way. Why? Because with Jesus, he's always accompanied by miracle. miracle. Just fishing that one back in. Miracle after miracle after miracle. John 21 verse 25 says this, Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written. Pshush. There's some, sometimes you read some verses in the Bible and you're like, I didn't even know that one was in there. It's in there. We have Matthew, Mark, Luke and John and we think that's a lot to cover. We think that's a lot. And here's John saying, actually, you know what? See, if we wrote down everything that Jesus said, this whole world wouldn't have enough room for it. If we wrote down all of the miracles that he did, this whole world wouldn't even have enough room for it. And I wanna let you know that miracles are coming in your life. Miracles are coming because Jesus is present, not because you're doing great, not because you're doing all of these right things, not because you're meeting all the criteria, but because miracles, signs and wonders follow the, the preaching of his word. When Jesus is exalted, he draws all people to himself. When the name of Jesus is lifted up, when the name of Jesus is honored, then miracles can't help but happen. Miracles just happen all around us when we honor the name of Jesus, when we honor the person of Jesus. John is given this, just this bold statement. That's how convinced he is. I suppose that not even the whole world would have enough room for it. How can he have this audacity? Well, in Hebrews 13, verse eight, we have the assurance of the same assurance that what John had. Jesus Christ 
is the same. When? Is there a deadline to his sameness or? No, he's the same yesterday, today and forever. So that means that the boy who was in a manger, who was born as a result of all of these miracles, the man who lived and did miraculous things, so much so that even if they were written down, there wouldn't be enough room in the whole world. The one who we worship, the one who we're currently talking about is the same then as he is now, which can assure us that miracles are coming. It might not be tomorrow. It might not be the next day. You, you may be delayed, but you will not be denied. You know, on this new, on the Amazon app, I feel like I haven't seen it before, but I was waiting on a parcel recently and uh, I, was, I was in the office and I flew home at one o'clock and I was watching it on my phone. Uh, you know, uh, I was pulling over to the side of the road and pulling the handbrake up and turning the engine off. Um, and then I was checking my phone and um, <laughs> to see whereabouts the parcel was. And it tells you on, on the Amazon app, it's two stops away or it's three stops away. And the closer I was getting to home, like the less stops it was away. And then I got to lights close to my house and there was no more stops away. And so I had given in to the circumstance and said, you know what? Uh, all right, I'm just not getting the parcel. So be it, not getting it. I'll just go pick it up another day. It was one of those ones. And I'd gone through effort and it caused me a bit of inconvenience. And there I was, I was a bit disappointed. I was like, all right, whatever. I got to the end of my street. I seen this white van. I was like, that's him pulled up to the side of the van, said to the guy, number five. He looked at me sheepishly and he said, yeah, yeah, number five. And I was like, all right, I've got to just turn the car around and then I'll come get the parcels off you, whatever. And he said, okay, I'm not going anywhere. I said, not going anywhere, it's a bit strange. Like you're on a lunch break, you're on the side of the road here, mate. Okay, so I pulled the car around, got to the house, came, up, came down to the van, said to him, oh, thanks very much for the parcels. I see the car in front of you, what's happened? Ah, uh, crashed into me, mate. Can't go anywhere anytime soon. You better believe it. You crashed into you. You want to know why? Because I was praying the whole way that I was going to get these parcels. You better believe it. What are you saying here, mate? Here's what I'm saying. You may be delayed, but you'll not be denied. How, how, are you, how are you connecting all of these? Well, here's what I'm saying is that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. A measly parcel doesn't really matter. That was more ironic than anything. I just had a great time laughing with Jesus on the way back down to, off, on the way back down to church. I was laughing away. But here's what I do know. And I'm believing that the Lord sent somebody provision for his insurance as well. And all of that, like I'm not liable spiritually, whatever. But, but here's what I do believe. I do believe that there are times where you've got so down, 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 oh, it's not coming, it's not gonna happen. And you've got there and you're gonna get there and it's gonna come, but it might not be when you expect it to happen. And you're gonna realize, oh my goodness, my miracle is in the post box. My miracle is sitting at the end of my street. Oh my word, God has provided. Why would he not have? He is always going to, why? Because if he doesn't, he is denying his character. He can't deny his character. He's going to, but whether or not you're going to be able to see it happening, oh, it's just two days away, it's three days away. I don't think he works like that so much because that would be the absence of trust and trust is key. But miracles are coming. Daniel chapter four, verse three, it says this remarkable verse about God. It says, his miracles are staggering. His wonders are surprising. His kingdom lasts and lasts. His sovereign rule goes on forever. You know, um, 
These shepherds were in this field at night and they experienced a miracle. They weren't figuring out three steps to become better Christians or better shepherds. They weren't making New Year's resolutions that sounded a little bit like this. Step number one, try and pray and read the Bible more. They weren't doing anything like that. But God being God exposed them to the miraculous because God is God because they were just in the right place at the right time and God showed up. You know, Luke 18, 27 says, what is impossible with man is is possible with God. This miracle working God is doing miracles in your life. It may not come on on time for Christmas. It may not come on time for New Year's, but you can be assured that he will not be, he will not deny his character. Our rescuer has come. Miracles are coming. And the last thing that has come and is making itself at home is this. Grace is home, not just for Christmas. You know, this Christmas story, the the God-man on earth is not an act of spectacular grace. It's not an act of special grace. It's not an act of extreme grace. It's simply grace. Why? Because the grace of God is spectacular. The grace of God is special. The grace of God is extreme. The grace of God is supernatural. The grace of God is in our eyes somewhat ludicrous. It is always, whether it feels small to you and I or whether it feels gigantic to you and I, the grace of God is all of those things all the time. This grace that that God has brought us in the form of Jesus is not just for Christmas. It is home. It is making, it's, it's going in to your guest room and it's making itself at home right there. And it's, it's, gonna, it's not just stem for the Christmas holidays, it's stem forever. Grace is home. The grace of God is not just a seasonal thing. It's not like the Christmas tree that's going back into the attic on Boxing Day, Scrooge. But actually, it's sticking around. Here's what Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says. I want us to think about these verses as we read them. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For it was only through this wonderful grace that we believed in him. Nothing, everybody say nothing. Come on, turn to the person next to you and say nada. Not a thing we did could ever earn this salvation. For it was the gracious gift from God that brought us to Christ. So no one will ever be able to boast. For salvation is never a reward for good works or human striving. Can we go to verse eight again? It was only through this wonderful grace that we believed in him. Nothing we did could ever earn this salvation for it was the gracious gift from God that brought us to Christ. Grace is home. Grace is home through this wonderful grace. In the Old Testament, we can see God being gracious in the fact that he is slow to anger abounding in love. We see his gracious character time and time and time again. But in the New Testament, we can see that our God is grace itself because he comes in the form of a rescuer. Grace is home because the rescuer has come. Nothing we could ever do could earn this salvation, but it's a gracious gift from God. You'll not find it under the tree. You'll not find it when you go and exchange gifts But the moment that you take the the grace of God for granted is the moment that you step in to living in a place of self-righteousness. 
in a place of I'm good enough on my own, in a place of I've conjured all of this up. Time and time again, we need to draw ourselves back to, you know what? I'm just receiving the grace of God. This is a gift from Him. Nothing I could do, nothing I ever have done could ever earn this. I couldn't afford this on my own. Jesus paid for it all. And because of Jesus paying for it all, I have the gift of grace. Christmas should remind us that it was Him who saved you. Because of Jesus, you've received undeserved blessing and unmerited favour. Unmerited. Nothing you did deserved it. Unmerited, undeserved. God loves you. He's passionate about you. He's wild for you. He's totally obsessed with you. And His grace is sufficient for you. I don't feel it. It's okay. Just because you don't feel it doesn't mean it's real. I don't really see it. It's okay. You don't see the air that you just sucked in to continue living. Doesn't mean it's not real. His grace is sufficient for you. You know, all, all we should really want for Christmas is more of Him. I'm going to tell you what you want for Christmas, right? How do you know what I want for Christmas? I know what you want for Christmas. I know what you need for Christmas. Maybe you're in a whole bunch of group chats like I am, and maybe the worship team could join me as well. I'm in a bunch of group chats uh, with family or uh, just people from my family texting me, what do you want for Christmas? What do you want for Christmas? Anybody there? You're like, I, I don't know. I think you get the an age. Um, not saying I'm there. Buy all the gifts you want, guys, you know. But I think you get the an age where you're like, I don't really, you know, I'm maybe not looking at BMX anymore. I don't know. So I'm probably pretty tricky to buy for. I'm just like, ah, oh, just get me whatever. Get, uh, get me that. I don't know, give me that. A BMW. I mean, what? <laughs> And we, we're pulled and pushed and I don't know what I want. And you're even talking to friends about it then who aren't buying you a present anyway. Do you know what you want for Christmas? I have no idea what I want for Christmas. I don't know what I want for Christmas. And maybe if I even asked you right now, in fact, I will. What do you want for Christmas? If you would really know, well, oh, I want a new pair of shoes. That's great. But what do you really, if you could have anything in the world, what do you want for Christmas? Well, here's what, Here's what you're getting for Christmas. You're getting a rescuer. You're getting those miracles that you really want, you really need. And you're getting to go to sleep knowing that the grace of God is all over your life. I, I, don't, I don't think the new TV would compare with it. I don't think some sort of home pod or any more gadgets would compare with it. I don't think that more stuff would compare with it. Oh, I don't think those new clothes would compare with it. I don't think any furniture would compare with it. I think you leaving this place today knowing, you know what? I have a rescuer. I have a miraculous, miracle-working God. And the grace of God is all over my life. It's probably all you and I need this Christmas. As a matter of fact, if we really align ourselves with him, not just his word, but him, him, it's probably not just all we need, but all we would want as well. Because we realize that he's more than enough. And so we're gonna stand and we're gonna sing together. 
Let's do that. Let's begin to stand and we're going to worship God. And maybe, uh, maybe you heard this song on the radio, or you played it on your Spotify, or you've played it off your phone in the car or whatever. You've heard it and you've played it, or you've heard it as you walk through Dunstores frantically on a Thursday night at nine o'clock before Farsight closes. It goes a little bit like, um, I really can't do it, but I mean, if you're going to force me to sing, I'll sing. All I want for Christmas is you. All I want for Christmas. And you'll probably sing it on Christmas Day and you'll probably get excited about it. Is you. Maybe get that old punch on. Come on. Mince pies and all. Who even eats mince pies? God rest her soul. But I wonder is we worship, whether we're singing a carol or whether we're singing something uh, of a worship album or whatever, that the cry of your heart would genuinely be God, all I want for Christmas is more of you. Well, I'm not really there in my heart yet. Maybe you could ask the Holy Spirit to help your heart get there. Yeah, you're getting lit. And so Holy Spirit, I ask that we would receive more of you. More of you, Lord. more of your presence filling our lives, Lord, more willingness for your presence to fill our lives. I ask, Lord, that we would feel more of your love. We would experience more of your love. We would have an understanding of more of your love, Lord God. Lord, we thank you that our cups are running over with blessing. Lord, we thank you that your goodness and your mercy follow us all the days of our lives. We thank you that you are the rescuer, that you are the miracle working God and that you are grace personified, Jesus. We thank you that there's no place that we could run that you couldn't outrun, that there's no place that we could hide that you couldn't light up, that there's no place that we couldn't scurry off to out of our own desires, Lord God, that you wouldn't seek out and find us. We thank you that you came to seek and save the lost. And we know that you're better than prime. All we want is more of you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.